All right, let's welcome in Nick Farabaugh. He is the Steelers and pit writer for Pittsburgh Sports. Now you can also find him as a draft analyst on Pro Football Network. Nick, welcome to Steeler Country. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Really excited, man. We know, obviously. Steelers, man, I mean, <laughs> what a week. What a week. What a week. Exactly. You know, I was hoping to have you on, do some draft talk, right? Maybe talk about some pro days. And then the Steelers went out. And they had a week. It was supposed to be a quiet week for the Steelers, right? They're going to lose a bunch of players. Maybe they'll make some noise here and there. But instead, well, let's talk about the big news. The Steelers did re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. Of course, they had been wondered all offseason. Could the Steelers do this? Did they even have the money to do it? Why do you think it was so important to the Steelers to get this deal done, considering what they already have in the room right now? Well, you know, Juju's kind of, I guess he's a Steeler guy. If you kind of look mm-hmm. at who they've. Like he, people always drew the comparisons to Heinz Ward because he kind of plays like Heinz, right? I mean, the walking, the, you know, the hardworking mentality that Juju carries. He's already, he's only 24 and he is the leader of that locker room uh, as a wide receiver. He mentors Claypool. He mentors Deontay Johnson. You could tell it's like every receiver that comes in the Steelers room, Juju is like the guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like he is that. And I feel like that the Steelers just thought, you know, they were losing a little bit too much on that end. And then on the other end, I mean, I think, you know, there was a lot of people that make the point that, you know, he's nothing special as a football player. I think he's a pretty solid football player. Like, he's been hurt. One, by, I think, the offense last year, obviously. Um, Brandy Feetner not running him past five yards, like, the whole year. So miscast is, is insanity, yeah. I mean, he's a, he, people forget, like, Juju is a legitimate downfield threat. Yes. He's a legitimate downfield threat. Now, the question is, can you fully take advantage of that now? with the offense or, you know, are the, are there too many limitations with Ben or, you know, it, it does the offense work around him? I don't, so I thought the work, the move to the slot, the, the 90%, 10% to the slot was going to work for Juju. But after I've been watching that, like more and more, I'm like, he should probably be playing on the outside, like 40% of the time. I just think he has too many skills there. He's too physical. He's too critical in those jump ball situations. So you need him. I think a more diverse route tree on the outside, on the inside. And you just, I think that was critical because I think they realized they misused him and they see the potential that they saw in year one and year two. And I just don't think it was just Antonio Brown. I think Juju is a very good receiver and I think they needed that skill set back. And it also eliminates receivers a draft need. Maybe they just weren't impressed. Um, Don't forget that came a day after they went to uh, Auburn pro day. They did. And Seth Williams were working out. Maybe they didn't like what they saw there and, uh, they decided, hey, we need Juju back, and and we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. It's also, you know, I mean, look, if the Steelers are in this kind of one year where we're bringing the band back together for Ben for one final run, right? You need you need some reliability in that room. Juju was their most reliable guy mm-hmm. a year ago. So if you, I'm, I'm with you on Juju playing more outside, but it does make for an interesting problem of you know who plays slot, right? Because you know Juju, I mean Juju as the 90% slot guy made a lot of sense because. You know, Ryan Switzer's gone, right? Who Not to say Ryan Switzer was good, but who else do you have right now? I know Deontay could probably play there, right? But do you really want – he's so good on the outside getting off the line of scrimmage. Do you want him inside? I've never been a Deontay in the slot component. Like, he has the route running. He has the quickness. But all of his drops come over the middle of the field. He doesn't yeah. like contact. Anytime he's by a linebacker, he drops the football. Like, yeah. honestly, they need to eliminate short – like, short middle of the field for Deontay from his route tree. It just – which is unfortunate because he'd be great on drag routes, but he just doesn't. I don't know if it's a fear thing, if it's a you know mental thing with him, or or what, or yeah. or if he just knows because he is super. He does he doesn't have a great frame, like he is pretty light skinny. He just yeah. knows he's gonna get lit up and, and you know get hurt, and 
certainly it's almost been uh it's like since that uh that hit he took against cleveland in his rookie year he's kind of been a little tentative mm. uh, towards contact and maybe that shook him a little bit um i mean he got crushed so i, I don't blame him <laughs> so but you know i don't know yeah i don't know how the yeah, you're right now he's, he's done that he doesn't have the size but like yeah the guy he led, would, the league in, in, yeah. Led, led the nfl in, in drops last year too yeah, exactly and the guy i would tab as the you know backup slot if you will is probably claypool i mean i think he could fit there um, yes, you would want him on the outside as this deep threat, but he's also like huge and he could be a vertical threat from the slot. There's nothing wrong with being a vertical threat from the slot. We've seen Juju do it. James Washington's done it intermittently. Eric Ebron does it at times as well. I mean, I think yeah. Claypool could be a massive mismatch weapon against slot corners or God forbid they get him on a linebacker. I mean, why not? I'd love to see him on Mike Hilton this year. Now that Mike Hilton is over in, in Cincinnati. It's a little, I, little you know, I, big slot. I love Mike. I love Mike, yeah. but I would bet on Claypool probably eight out of ten times on, <laughs> on a jump ball. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go to the other news that kind of broke the same day, really at the same time as this Juju thing happened, was the news that the Steelers have are going to allow Steven Nelson, their cornerback, uh, to look for a trade. Now, my first thought, Nick, when I saw this news, I didn't I didn't put the two and two together. It's like, oh, this is a salary cap clearing thing. For Juju, right? I thought they must have gone to him for an extension. He wants too much money. And they're like, all right, well, let's let's get something for him today rather than let him walk a year from now. Then we heard, no, it's a salary cap thing. They have to make this work. And it makes sense because Juju one year, eight million. Steven Nelson saves eight million. Okay, well, that the, the math, the math checks out. Um, but now Juju's under contract with these void years, so it doesn't seem like the Steelers need to make this move for cap considerations. What's your take on this? What, what what's what's the deal here with Steven Nelson? My take is that they went to contract talks because I think the Steelers looked at Nelson and said, well, that's easy. You know, we clear what, like 5 million if we extend him. That's an mm-hmm. easy 5 million. That gives us another potential starter we can sign for a year. Why not get him under contract? And then they went and, you know, maybe the Steelers, I'll throw out a ballpark. Maybe they thought 11 a year, it's a solid yeah. corner two, but maybe Nelson wants like 16, 17, thinks he's corner one and he's not a number one corner. So you're not going to give him that. And the Steelers knew and maybe they just discussed, you know, maybe they thought, you know, that was a bluff and they were discussing. Maybe they would agree like 13 a year or something like that. Uh, just with how inflated the corner market is right now. It's yeah. Like crazy. Right? Yeah. Um, maybe they were discussing around that number. And then Nelson said, no, I'm not kidding. I'm not coming down from corner one. I need 15 plus a year. The Steelers were like, no. Um, in which case they realized, well, he's going to walk next year anyways, because we got to pay TJ Watt. We got to play Minka Fitzpatrick. We got to pay potentially Edmonds if they want him back we got to pay Juju again we got to pay you know all these guys we got to pay all of them we got to pay um potentially Zach Banner or Chooks for if they play well right like right all these potential we got to pay to it we got to pay all these guys that are getting in contracts next year and we're gonna have the cap to do it but we're not gonna waste a 15 to 16 million dollar cap hit on a number two corner and so may as well let him walk if you if they don't think he's gonna you know, bring them anything next year. Maybe they think he is expendable. Maybe, maybe they do, and it's possible. Yeah. But my my take is that they had extension talks and it didn't go well. And Nelson wants to get paid now and not next year, and that's why he's going to get traded. I see. I'm with you. I'm with you on that, and I think that's why he's going to get traded. But boy, if they cut him out, right? It's just you know the Steelers are in this weird spot right now where. Okay, you know, they want us to believe we're all in, right? One year, Ben Roethlisberger, we're all in. We're going to mortgage the future a little bit here. We're going to push some of Juju's money, void years, right? Cam Sutton, void years. Ben Roethlisberger, void years. 
but then we're going to cut Vince Williams and Steven Nelson. Wait, 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 hold on, Steelers. Wait, that doesn't, those two things don't really go together. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, it's it's a little strange to look at. Now, this does mean that there's going to be a need at corner if the Steelers get rid of Nelson, whether it's in trade or uh, a cut outright. And, you know, you brought up the pro days. Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert were there for Georgia to see Eric Stokes. I think that might be an option uh, in the early part of the draft. Yeah, either th- uh, any of the three Georgia corners, actually, like Campbell as well. Uh, okay. And then DJ Daniel. People don't know about DJ Daniel. He was kind of hurt this year with the hamstring. You go back to his 2019 tape where he faced Jamar Chase, and he actually gave him a lot of trouble. Um, just not sure about his fit in the Steelers' scheme because he's more of a press corner, and the Steelers don't. Steelers really aren't a press team. Like they just don't run a ton of it. No. Um, so you know, more op. Who's better in off man? Who's less stiff? And that's kind of why I, I kind of go to probably Campbell more than anyone. So okay. just like straight line fast, but he kind of reminds me of Justin Lane where, you know, ooh, explosive, kind of fast. And then when he turns, they're like, well, this dude's like a war. He's like a warship trying to turn. Like he's got super tight hips. He's got yeah. pretty tight hips. Um, He's got – and, you know, all three of them have pretty good ball skills. Um, So I do like that. They're playmakers. But I think Stokes is more athlete and flash than he is, you know, super fundamentally good football player. So yeah. Campbell would be my pick. Now, I don't know which one the Steelers were looking at. Maybe all three. I wouldn't take either of them round one. That's a round two type deal. I hope they show up at some of these other pro days, um, particularly, you know, Virginia Tech. Uh, we've heard some buzz recently, like Caleb Farley might drop to the 20s. And I'm like, Ooh. I can't even okay. imagine a better fit than Caleb Farley in the Steelers scheme because I just think it's a perfect fit. Like, he's perfect and off man. He's really good in matchment man zones, and, you know, that's kind of what the Steelers' MO is. They do a lot yeah. of man. Yeah. Or you can leave him on an island in, you know, really tight off man because the Steelers do play a lot of single high stuff and, and trust him. I mean, I think Caleb Farley would be, like, a dream scenario. That's up there with, like, Christian Darasaws, like – Round one, that's who I want. Like one and two are probably the two VT guys. Yeah. You know, having this this need now at at outside corner is going to be interesting for them because I think the Steelers really do want a running back early in this draft as well. I mean, it doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. there's a running back in the free agency that they're you know that's going to be their starter. I don't think Benny Snell is a starter at this point. Anthony McFarland's is is a nice player, and you know he has the connection there with Matt Canada coaching him from Maryland. But boy, they just don't have their guy at, at running back. So I feel like you know Najee Harris. Etienne, maybe even Javante Williams in the first round, and then maybe second round is corner. Although, I guess they could do that opposite, right? You could go corner in the first round and hope one of those guys falls. What's your take on the running back class right now outside of those top three, right? We talk about – obviously, everyone knows that, you know, Etienne would fit, Harris would fit, Williams would fit. Is there someone in, this in like, tier two or tier three that you like for the Steelers system that you think contribute right away? I think there's a few guys, three guys I'll name. Okay. Um, Michael Carter – who is just super fun, super, super mm-hmm. fun. He's like Naheem Hines, but juiced up times 10. It's, it's it's so much fun to watch. Great receiver. He's like a 1B to the 1A. So I think like him and McFarland are a really fun combo. And okay. then you, know, you, can have, you can have Benny Snell be the hammer, right? So um, I, I think that's like a nice little, I guess, compromise. You're not going to have like a lead back, but here's here's Her- here's uh, McFarland, sorry, who can get you. I don't know, 10 carries a game. Maybe, you know, if Carter has the high, and you just ride the hot hand pretty much mm-hmm. in that scenario. Um, he's just a really fun guy. He's not a scat back. Like, people would call him a scat back. He's not like a Tariq and He's literally very durable, much better in pass pro than you would think for his size and a really good receiver. Then there's Kenneth Gainwell, who they've met with, so there is some interest there in Gainwell. Okay. 
Um, he's a bit more of an explosive guy, a little bit more of your lead back type, but he's a Memphis back. So, you know, he plays a lot of receivers, splits out wide, more of a running back than, he, you know, Antonio Gibson was coming out. Um, but he's definitely a guy that has really good vision, uh, good contact balance, a lot of good stuff from Kenneth Gamewell. And then there's the other guy who I, I've been hyping up, uh, Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. Um, yeah. People are going to think I'm a Virginia Tech fan after this podcast, but <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm a Pitt fan, so I actually don't like VT. Um, but you know, I like their players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the players. Khalil Herbert is so much fun. He's this. He's a guy that ran a lot of outside zone, which I, I don't know if the Steelers are going to run a lot of that this year. But he can run in between the tackles. He's physical. Looked really good in pass pro, both on tape and at the Senior Bowl. Soft hands. Wasn't used a lot there at Virginia Tech, but he's got pretty good hands from what I've seen on tape when he was used breakaway like big time athlete can hit the home run ball great contact balance i think he's just a really good all-around back i would trust him as the starter day one but him and mcfarland and then again you know you can have benny snell be a hammer there and yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to you know getting someone in free agency like on the minimum and then maybe drafting you know someone like a, a carter gainwell or herbert if it comes to that, I mean, it, it very well might come to that. So we'll see. Running back is, I don't know when what they're going to do with running back, but obviously I think round one, you can definitely see the signs pointing to an ETN, a, a Harris, probably even a Javonta Williams. There. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so, and it's so interesting to, like you said, right. You don't know how, we're not sure what the Steelers are really going to run this year yet. I mean, new offensive coordinator with Matt Canada, and you can look back to his previous offenses to get it, to get a sense of what he likes to do with then meshing that, with what Ben likes to do. And then you have a new offensive line coach as well. And, you know, previously the offensive line coach has also been the run game coordinator. So how much is Adrian Clem going to be involved in the run game itself? It is, it's, it's tough to project. I was surprised that Steelers, you know, I, I do a podcast with Chris Carter, uh, locked on Steelers. And he and I were talking about the running backs and we were saying, okay, well, it's gotta be either Harris or uh, Javante Williams because they fit kind of what the Steelers no normally look for at running back. And Etienne really doesn't. But then they went and saw Clemson. Did you know they went in person to Clemson to see Etienne? It's like okay, well maybe maybe the Steelers are changing, and right? maybe what they're looking for in a running back is changing a little bit. Yeah, and and you look at uh, assistant O line coach Chris Morgan, and he's he's from the Shanahan tree. So yeah, you know that's that's a wide zone scheme. Yeah. Now what my thought process is because I know what Canada runs. Canada has run everything from gap, power, trap. You know all these old school things back in the seventies and the. 60s but he's also run the modern you know inside zone the the duo obviously the Steelers love duo uh, love yeah duo. Um, but he's also run the outside zone and my, my thought process is maybe the Steelers are are looking at you know keeping what they have which is obviously the the more gap power stuff but they're also thinking of adding a little bit of flavor of maybe that outside zone scheme and, and it's going to become more of a mixed type of rushing attack and and ETN is obviously beautiful for that ETN yeah perfect outside zone back. So I just find it very interesting. And Kevin Colbert did say earlier this offseason, we're going to have to change how we evaluate the running back, the wide receiver, quarterback, mm -hmm. offensive line, even tight end um, to fit Matt Canada's scheme. They are really committing to the Canada scheme. So ETN would definitely it. follow that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited about Matt Canada, what he's going to bring. I, hopefully it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air from where the Steelers left off with, with a Randy Feekner offense. All right, let's go over to uh, another free agency uh, thing. This was a loss that they had. This was this was Tyson Alualu losing Tyson Alualu to Jacksonville. I was surprised by this, Nick, because I looked at the defensive line and I just thought, okay, look, the Steelers don't really have a, a lot of depth behind Tuit and Hayward, so you really can't afford to lose Alualu because boy, who's on the roster right now? 
to replace him. Isaiah Bugs, Carlos Davis. I mean, like, here's what I remember about, about those two guys last year. They fought on the sideline. That's what I remember about those two guys. I don't know that I trust either one right now to be a starter. It's a big loss. I know they bring Chris Wormley back. Do you think Chris Wormley fits in as the nose tackle there? Is that a need for this team right now? I really don't know what their plan is at nose. Like, feels like they have too many other needs to where they're going to draft a nose early. Because um, you feel like, well, they have to address center. They have to address running back. And then they have to address corner now. Yeah. So that would make nose tackle at the earliest a fourth round pick. Are you starting a fourth rounder at nose? I don't think so, but I guess it's always possible. Um, but you're probably not getting four. Maybe maybe if they get a third round pick for uh, Nelson, maybe at that point, that's where I would slot nose, right? Okay. But with the leverage they have right now for Nelson, they might get a day three pick if they're lucky. So um, not thinking that's possible. So my guess is it's warmly and it's weird to have a six, five guy at, nose because you know the nose is supposed to be the stout run guy but he's like six two and and he's you know he's gonna be the he's gonna win the leverage battle he's gonna hold the line right and i think with warmly you're not as relying on much as the uh, on his leverage as you are his length right like that's his strength it's his length so you're you're actually going to more of a i guess penetrating nose here than what aluala was although aluala became that last year i mean out of nowhere he was phenomenal um, at nose, so he became. Yeah. I think. I think he became more than even the Steelers even knew he could be. Um, and we know that Carl Dunbar so far has been great. Now, I'm not going to discount Isaiah Bugs or Carlos Davis. I think Davis has some has shown some flashes. Bugs got benched for Davis, so I don't really have a lot of hope for Isaiah Bugs. Um, and don't even let me mention Henry Mondo. I mean, Lord. <laughs> um, but like you know, he was a great fullback more. for one play. Yeah, he was the fullback. That was his best play of the year. That was his best play. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, Wormley is – Wormley, from his days at Michigan to Baltimore, has always been known as a run stopper. So, I mean, I think it makes sense. I know he's six foot five. I, again, that's not a traditional size for a nose tackle. You want your nose to be a little bit more stout. But I, I don't know what other option they have, and I just hope it doesn't blow up in their face. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's an interesting one. I, I you know I I'm hoping they they address this like you said. You know, in the draft, you know, you have so many positions that you need to hit. Like this feels like one that they should need to address in free agency somehow. And it, it sounds like you know, it seems like by who the Steelers have signed so far, they don't really want to sign anyone big yet because they want to mess up their compensatory picks for for 2022. So maybe we have to wait till May to see a nose tackle, Brian. But I'm hoping they can address this in nose tackle and you know solidify it a little bit. Talk about center here. You're bringing in a center in the draft, and obviously, you know, Steeler fans are going to love themselves some Landon Dickerson from Alabama, Creed Humphrey. Um, is center, and do you think center is a real need now that they brought back B.J. Finney? Could they get away with? Is there is there a world where the Steelers can get away with starting B.J. Finney for 16 games in 2021? No. No, <laughs> okay. no, 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 He couldn't even crack. Listen, I know this is a common saying. The guy could not crack the lineup for that Bengals a lot. They could not crack it. Like, listen, he was really solid for the Steelers when he was here, but I never thought he was, ooh, that's a future starter right there. I never thought yeah. he was. I always thought he was good depth. He's definitely better than J.C. Hassenauer, which is good. Um, and they also have Joe Haig now who can play center, which is yeah. also good. So they're too deep at center, but neither of them are starters. They're just really solid depth. I feel a lot better about the depth on the O-line, um, but I don't feel good about the starting situation at center um, at all. So yeah. I think they need to draft one in preferably the top three rounds. Um, if they want to do it in the top two, I'm cool with that. Don't reach for one in round one, in my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, this is what we talked about. I've talked about this a little bit. 
trade back and maybe draft a center um, early. And with your first pick, get some draft capital, fill more needs. I think trading back might make a lot of sense if you want to go center early. Certainly, certainly. Acquire as much draft capital as you can, Kevin Colbert, because you do have a lot of things to address. Nick, let's talk about the linebacker position, where the Steelers kind of created a problem for themselves here by cutting Vince Williams. I know that Spillane showed last year he could be a starter at that spot alongside, uh, well, in place of Devin Bush. Now it'll be alongside Devin Bush. But behind him, you have Marcus Allen, who is a converted safety to linebacker. And I know he kind of gets the, the short stick here because... You know, that was late. That happened late in the offseason, in an offseason without a mini camp, without OTAs, right? He had to do this without being on the field and then just kind of, hey, training camp. Oh, by the way, you're a linebacker now. Uh, so he's going to have a full offseason to prepare for that. And you have Ulysses Gilbert, who I like a lot. His back doesn't like him a lot. He's, he's, he's hurt all the time. So um, is, is, how, how big a need right now is linebacker, just from a depth perspective? I, I mean, I personally think they could use another starting linebacker. But I've been on that yeah. train even when Williams was on the team. I want like I want two Devin Bushes. Like I want yeah. that. Um but but you know that's like that feels like a luxury need right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> not, like, not a lot of room for luxury right now with the Steelers. Yeah, need. I mean, I guess if the value is right in round one and you get like Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa to fall to you, who's like a super slot corner safety linebacker that you can use more than just as a linebacker, do it. But like yeah, it's just a depth need right now, but they definitely need another they need another guy there. I think that feels more comfortable in stopping the run. Like, they need another mm-hmm. guy that can come down, like Vince Williams, be this blitzer, be this hard-nosed dude, and they need a vocal guy. Because, I, you know, Bush has never been this vocal leader. Um, Vince was always the, the chirper. Yeah, um, yeah. It, even when Spillane was out there, was always Vince being being captain, right? So um, they need another guy who, who embodies that. Um, what, it will be on special teams first, but they need a guy... There are there's room for unathletic linebackers still in the league. Not horribly at unathletic guys, but you know Vince was never a guy that was a horrible athlete. He was just painfully average, yeah. and that's the guy that they should be looking for in terms of depth. That's yeah. the guy they need. Yeah, more of a thumper type. I'm with you on that one. And then at edge, right? Same. He's sticking with kind of linebacker ish. Uh, you got T.J. Watt. You've got Alex Highsmith and. Ola's gone now, so I mean, and not not even to say I know you know losing Ola feels bad. I guess to Steeler fans who like who were at training camp and liked Ola in training camp, but let's not forget, you know, Ola he was benched for Cassius Marsh at the end of last season, so it wasn't like Ola was lighting it up with the coaching staff. So I understand why they let him go, but it does leave another hole though, right? I mean, like you know, this is a team now without Bud Dupree. Yes, Alex Highsmith there to step up, and so yeah, there's going to be a drop off in play, but it doesn't have to be that significant because Highsmith looked decent at the end of last season. But behind those two. I mean, they got to draft someone, right? I mean, they got to bring someone in. Have to. Have yeah. to, have to, have to. I think they need two of them, and that's why I would like to see them. This is what one of the positions, because I don't think they're going to make a huge splash uh, throughout the rest of free agency. But just like they did yesterday when I signed Miles Killebrew and then Joe Haig, mm-hmm. um, this is a place where I think they can sign one of those, you know, cheap guys. Um, they need guys just for their special teams unit from the outside linebackers position. Yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, Cassius Marsh and J. Rowan Elliott are just not very good. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like just bringing that cheap guy. I haven't looked crazy at the outside linebacker free agent market, but I'm certain there's a few guys out there that can be had for, you know, pretty cheap money and be decent depth. I think that's just yeah. what they need. They need a solid special teamer who maybe can give you a few rotational reps, 
Now, that doesn't mean they have to be Anthony Ciccolo, but they can be a little bit better than that. But, yeah, you have to draft someone. You have to draft someone. Like, my, if I were Kevin Colbert, I'd use one of my fourth-round picks on, a, on an outside yeah. linebacker, personally. Because, yeah. you know, you don't have your fifth anymore because you traded it for Warmly. So, you know, in my opinion, just just go get one of those with maybe your comp pick or that 128. Um, that's where I'm I'm landing on edge. It's You need two edges. Sign a guy, draft a guy. Then you'll feel a lot better about, you know, if T.J. Watt or Highsmith, for some reason, you know, goes down for the year. I mean, you have to feel comfortable about something. There's yeah. nothing there that makes you feel comfortable. No, I mean, you, and look, you can't in this league. You cannot have an, too many. You cannot have too many pass rushers in this league. And with, with with where the Steelers are now, with no depth whatsoever. I mean, it's just it's a dire need. I feel like, and it's something not enough Steelers fans are talking about. Is the edge is look, they all they lost Bud Dupree, and that's and that is bad. I mean, Bud Dupree is a, is a good player. Twenty sacks in the last two years. They drafted Highsmith knowing likely that they were, you know, likely they were going to lose Bud Dupree. But now, you know, Highsmith's going to come in, but you got nothing behind him now. So you got to do something. Right, you talked about a couple of those signings the Steelers have made. Low-key signings, and this is what, you know, when we talk about the Steelers bringing in players from outside the organization, this is generally how it works in Pittsburgh, right, is you get the low-key guys. So they brought in Miles Killebrew uh, from the Lions. Sounds like from what I've read on, on him, Nick, that he's more of a special teamer than anything else. Yeah, that's kind of what he is, a special teamer. Probably, you know, I commented yesterday, probably the Jordan Dangerfield replacement. I think it's probably more of a Sean Davis replacement, more, yeah. like, more so. Um, so I think this is the end of the road for Sean Davis in Pittsburgh. Hopefully they can get Dangerfield back. I think they could really use him on that kicking unit. Um, that quite honestly, I felt like the Steelers special teams were a little lackluster last year. Gave up a little bit too much lax on those punt returns, and almost they they didn't give up a kick return touchdown, but there were a few lax moments there that they tried. Have they, been broken. They tried. <laughs> yeah, so you know I I would like a Killebrew. I think if you have like Killebrew, Lane, Pierre, Dangerfield. Uh, and all these guys, it would feel a lot better. You know, Spillane may be on that unit as well, depending mm-hmm. on if he started. Um, UG3, Allen, whoever. I mean, that's a quality group of special teamers, right? So yeah. I like Killebrew as a special teamer. Special teams matter, man. They matter. And uh, Killebrew is going to be a really nice addition. I think he's a very good special team. Yeah, the hidden yards that we don't talk enough about. And that's why, you know, I know, I know a lot of Steelers fans were, were upset last year that Derek Watt didn't get used enough in uh as a fullback he was a special teamer though and you know that's that's where he that's where he contributed so uh, the other one the other uh free agent the Steelers brought in Joe Haig the offensive lineman I call him an offensive lineman because I don't know if you can really nail down what position he actually plays on the offensive line he can play all of them comes from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he also I guess was their tackle eligible he could be the the Zach Banner replacement in Pittsburgh he could be yeah now that Banner it looks like Banner's going to take over one of the tackle spots um as a starter so yeah it looks like Joe Haig is going to be the sixth lineman um, no idea what that means for Gerald Hawkins. Perhaps again, he might not come back. Yeah. Um, but I think Haig is really good, steady depth. Now I had a lot of people in my mentions tell me he was so bad last year in Tampa yeah. Bay. I haven't watched the Tampa Bay tape. I have watched him in Indianapolis and I, I knew how steady of a presence he was there. He was super solid for them at all five spots, played center, left guard, right guard, right tackle, left tackle to play all five spots. I don't know what else you really want to ask from a depth guy other than just being, you know, I just don't want to hear about Joe Haig. I don't want to hear about Joe Haig. <laughs> I think he can do it. Like, I think I don't want to hear anything about Joe Haig, and, and that's kind of the good thing about it. I don't want to hear about him. I think Joe Haig did a nice job of doing that in Indianapolis based on yeah. what I've seen. He's just steady. He's not going to put dudes in the dirt. It'll get a little bit of movement. He's going to stall most guys um, other than yeah. maybe, you know, the, the elite of the elite. But uh, as, a, as a spot starter, if you need him at any spot – Really good, and also takes care of guard depth. They had no guard depth. Now right, do. right. 
And, it, you know, it, it puts the Steelers in this spot. Now, I think they probably still need a, a tackle for depth. Maybe that is a Gerald Hawkins. Uh, but, you know, when we were looking at Steelers fans doing mock drafts for the past, you know, for like everything from a week ago back, it was all tackle in the first round, tackle in the second round, right? We tackle, tackle, tackle. And this is a good tackle draft. It does feel like some of the moves now that the Steelers have made, bringing back Banner, you know, Haig coming back now, doesn't make tackle the dire need it was, you know, a couple weeks back. And I'm starting to lean towards the idea that we could see a Steeler team that when we get into day three of the draft, they haven't taken a tackle yet. Am I crazy? No, I don't think they're going to take one until maybe round four. Yeah. Um, now, I would have it differently. I don't know how much I trust Jukes Akora for and Zach Banner. They're like, you know, Banner's like a question mark of a question mark. Um, look decent. Obviously had to be better than what Jukes Akora worshipped because he did win the training camp out. Um, but, you know, we don't really know what Zach Banner is um, quite yet in pass pro. We only saw one game from him. Now, it was pretty solid, so yeah. I mean, that's a good that's good. But we don't know, you know, how is his body going to look after the torn ACL? Does he look better? Does he look more fleet on his foot? I don't know how he's going to look. That's a question. And then for he was phenomenal when he first stepped in, and then down the stretch, he faded hard, like real hard. I don't know yeah. what happened if he just, you know, caught the whole drift of the O-line and just started going down with them or what. But Okorafor wasn't very good uh, over the last month or so that season. So I would draft one early. I don't think they will unless, you know, yeah. it comes to a BPA position and, there, and there's a tackle there sitting and they go, yeah, that's best player available and we'll take that tackle. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a day three. It's going to be a day three pick, I think, at this point. Um yeah. I just don't think I would have it that way. But, yeah, day three. Day three is probably a tackle. I'm with you on that one as well. Yeah, just it just doesn't feel like from the moves that they've made, it feels like they're going to they're gonna feel comfortable. I mean, you know, we, we reportedly Mike Tomlin told Zach Banner, you're my answer. So, you know, yeah. that, that sounds that sounds like a, that's a heck of a seal of approval from Mike. If, if he's saying you're my answer, it's either going to be at left or right. Maybe Okorafor goes to the left tackle spot. Um, yeah, we shall see. You know, it's interesting how the Steelers, Nick, are, uh, are approaching this offseason, right? This kind of – they're in this win-now mode, right? They have Ben Roethlisberger, one final year. Juju's back, right, for one year. Uh, you know, they bring Cam Sun back, right? They're, they're doing these things that are win right now, especially bring. obviously that that's the Ben Roethlisberger-Juju part of this. But then, they're, you know, again, this, this whole going back to Nelson and, and Vince Williams, and it's, it seems like, you know, running back might be a first-round draft choice. Are they approaching this offseason correctly? I mean, you know, it feels like they're, they're kind of halfway to the we're in right now, but then also halfway like, but we kind of don't want to screw things up in the future too. So kind of they're, they're trying to play it both ways. I don't know if they can afford to do that. Well, I guess your view of the offseason kind of goes back to, well, what's your view of Big Ben, right, at this point? Yeah. Like, it, can you win a Super Bowl with this current version of Ben Roethlisberger? I think the Steelers kind of realize that and that they're going with – they're going to say, well, our team is going to live and die by Big Ben, which it has been for the past decade. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go all in on Big Ben one last time. And if you look at it by that approach, it probably is the best way. You bring back, you know, his favorite target. He he, he lobbied for Juju to come back, apparently. He we, we heard how much he wanted Juju back. You know, they bring Zach Banner back. So he, he still has a good answer at tackle now. At least maybe he, he – maybe I don't know if he valued Banner. We don't know how he valued Banner. Maybe he wanted Zach Banner back. Um, we know that they wanted to keep the defense at least somewhat together, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Sutton does that. Um, so, you know, they're they're kind of half in. I think the Steelers realize after this year, this is it. This is it. Um, yeah. Even if Ben wants to come back, I kind of get a suspicion, you know, it might be closed doors. Like, they might be pushing him out after next year. 
Because I think Ben, you know, I, I he's not what he was ten years ago, and you have to admit it. He's just not. He's not the Ben that escaped pockets and made unreal throws on the run. He's not an elevator anymore. He is a facilitator, and that's kind of what you have. He's a mid-tier quarterback now, mm-hmm. and you know it's okay to be. Um, I I think he's in the tier of like Jimmy G, Goff, like that tier right now. Like, Oof. like that's kind of what I feel like <laughs> yeah. he is. He's limited. Now I don't I don't think his arm shot. I think it's I think his knees are shot. I do think his knees are shot because they're arthritic. He told he literally said they were arthritic, yeah, yeah. and he can't step into his throws. And I think that's what's causing people to you know he can't he can't throw an accurate deep ball because of it. I think and and you know he's just a guy now that you have to surround with like a perfect environment. And that's kind of what I've said. He's not going to elevate you in, in he'll elevate you in moments because he is Big Ben and he still has his magic right at times. Yeah, like the Colts game that was a Classic Big yeah. Ben magic, but that's not the that's not the constant for Ben anymore. Maybe maybe he catches magic for you know three or four games, um, and leads him to a Super Bowl. It, it's possible. Maybe he still has enough to do it. We've seen other quarterbacks do it before, where you know they're otherwise just you know average guys, and and they catch catch fire and catch magic, and they're this elite guy for just a few games. But I think you know it's been, it's down to Ben and. However Ben performs is how this team's going to go, and that's kind of how this offseason is. Now, if I were the Steelers, I probably would have gone into rebuild mode. I would have personally because I think we're just losing so much. Now, that means that doesn't mean I would have, you know, I probably would have brought Juju back. I probably would have brought Hilton back, probably would have brought Sutton back if I could have. Um, just bring the young guys back, right, um, yeah. at that point. But, you know, they're committing to Ben, and that's kind of what it is. And however Ben performs is how you're going to go this off, this season. Yeah, and it's, it's the Steeler way. I mean, they, I, I don't know that the Steelers are ever going to be in a mode where they're truly going to tank, right? I mean, we, they, they had the opportunity to tank two years ago when Ben went down with the elbow injury. And instead of tanking, they went out and traded the first-round pick for Minka, rebuilt that defense in such a way that you know they were able to squeak by a miracle eight wins with, with Mason and Duck at quarterback. So I'm with you. I, I don't know that we're ever going to see this team truly in a you know rebuild mode like we saw the Jets in or the, you know, the Jaguars or whatnot where they're going out there and fielding rosters where you're like, all right, what? What's going on here? I don't know if the Steelers are ever going to be that team. Do you? No, I don't think they will. Next yeah. year, next year we'll see what they do. I'm very interested to see what they do. In next yeah. year's draft, because they have all this cap space, and probably going to resign their main guys, and they're going to have room to operate in free agency, which mm-hmm. makes me wonder if that could be the year they move up. And, you know, like that. what my, my suspicion is next year, what they're going to do is if Ben calls it quits, which I suspect he will. Um, is they're going to sign guys, have a really nice team built, and they're going to trade up and go get their quarterback. Like, that's my, that would be, I think, what the Steeler way would be, right? Build the whole team and then go mm-hmm. get your quarterback. And that's kind of, and then they're going to be right back in it, right? 2023, 2024, Pittsburgh's right there again. That's what you would yeah. think. That would be the Pittsburgh way. That would be the Pittsburgh way. So, yeah. That is. It, it's it's I'm 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 so intrigued next off season to see. I'm so glad Kevin Colbert's back because I want Kevin Colbert. You know he's going to be involved here at the end of Ben, but he'll also get one final shot if he does retire after this one year deal. He'll have that shot of you know being involved in free agency, being involved in that draft, and kind of putting his stamp on what the future is going to be. But man, I'm interested to see what like why do they re- you know we keep hearing these rumors about how much they like Mason Rudolph. I want to know like next year when it when push comes to shove and they have the opportunity to give him another contract to really be the guy. Do they really do it? I'm interested to know how much they like Mason because, you know, Mason Rudolph in the 2019 season, I don't think there were a lot of Steeler fans ready to, to, you know, for him to be the next guy. But then he did have that game against the Browns where he went, okay, well, maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know that he. See, for me, he, he kind of elevated himself to backup role, right? Like, okay, you could be a serviceable backup, right? Yeah. I don't know that he's still going to be the starter. But you listen to you listen to Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin. These guys are certain of the rumors coming out of Pittsburgh. Sounds like maybe they do think he could be the guy. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We will see. Um, Mason. Uh, I mean, that was a really good game he had against the Browns. I mean, it was yeah. a really good game, right? But you know, that felt. I always thought I was like realistically what is mason rudolph's ceiling like at his best what is he mm-hmm. kirk cousins andy dalton like right is that really the future guy of your franchise probably right. not but he's gonna he can be a really solid backup so you know if they bring him back next year i don't know five million a year okay right just make sure right. you draft the next guy he's not your he's not your franchise guy but he can start for your franchise guy in a pitch that's what yeah, i kind of I, mason has I'm with you. I'm with you. He's a, he's a serviceable backup, and yeah, he can. He'll always be there to to be the number two, right? And you know, because the the thing is, no Steeler fan right now can can close their eyes and picture a CBS graphic with Tony Romo and Jim Nance calling a game between Patrick Mahomes and Mason Rudolph starting the AFC Championship games. It's not. I don't. I just don't see that. I don't think that a lot of us are going to see that. So. It's going to make for it's going to make for an interesting uh, offseason next year. But we have a lot like, there's a lot more to come this offseason as Nick talked about there's uh, more to come in this free agency class, you know, a center could be come in a nose tackle. We'll see what they do with Steven Nelson at corner and they you know they, if, if they trade him that's going to open up a spot at corner so a lot more to get to. Nick, thank you for joining us today. I'm going to have you back on cuz as I said there's going to be a lot to talk about. We have a lot of draft stuff to get to in the next month as well. But before you go, let people know where they can find your work. Yeah, guys, so you can find my Twitter stuff, anything I talk about there, Fairbaugh, F-B, F-A-R-A-B-A-U-G-H-F-B, since it is a pretty last, pretty hard last name to spell overall just from hearing it. Um, and then you can find my stuff at Pittsburgh Sports Now, Steelers Now, and, of course, Pro Football Network. That's where my draft stuff lives. And my Steelers slash draft stuff, I guess Steelers-specific draft stuff, that lives on Steelers now. And then any pit stuff it lives on Pittsburgh Sports now. So check all that stuff out there, guys. Very cool. Yeah, make sure you check out Nick's work. He does a great job, as he said, breaking down the Steelers, and he does great draft stuff on Pro Football Network. You can find me on Twitter, at Steeler Country. You can find uh, my roundtable show, all about the AFC North. Uh, AFC North Talk is the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there and subscribe here. And I'll be back later this week with more Steeler Country.